Hi guys, welcome to Anna Marieisms. I'm your host, Anna Marie, obviously. I created this podcast because I have so much to share with you, and it's just not going to fit in a nice, neat container. With that in mind, buckle up, and let's talk about life. guys. I know it's been a while since I've been on. I've missed you guys. I've missed making podcasts for you. Um, It comes in waves like I do. That's my energy. So today I want to talk to you guys about a couple of the last adventures that I was on and some lessons that I'm taking away from them that I think may really help apply to you. Um, I actually just took a break uh, to do this podcast from my Tai Chi lesson. I've been wanting to do Chai Chi for years. It's been in my mind that it's something that I wanted to start, um, something that would be healthy for me to start, and yet I really avoided it. Um, you know, I, I made all the stereotypical excuses of, well, I have to go find a class when, you know, we have the internet. I didn't have to find a class. Um, I do prefer classes for that type of thing. <laughs> Um, because in some ways it's a lot easier to have somebody there to correct you and guide you, but Um, but I used it as an excuse to not go. Um, and then for a long time, my computer, the audio wouldn't work. And on, I want to say it was Saturday or Friday, uh, and today is a Tuesday. Um, I think it was Friday. On Friday, I decided that I was just going to go ahead and start it. I had found a Tai Chi class online Um, and I had been using the excuse for another excuse for a long time that my audio on my computer didn't work. I think I already said that. And I went to play it and the audio worked perfectly, which was hilarious because it's been not working for like two years. So I guess my computer was just waiting for me to decide to do Tai Chi. So I was just in the middle of a lesson and I felt like it was time to go ahead and stop and do this podcast real quick. And it's so funny because I used to be so much more in tune with my body and I used to have a much better relationship with it. And yet in the past few years, I've gotten so out of touch that as I'm sitting here and I'm trying to do these movements and I'm trying to follow along to the video, I feel like, you know, horses, like when they first get born, um, our firstborn, that sounded weird. And they're like trying to take steps and they're fumbling around and falling and all their legs get tangled. That's pretty much how I feel. Um, although the word duckling actually came to my mind and I don't know that I've ever seen a newborn duckling. So I don't know if they're quite as awkward and, and cumbersome as newborn horses, but <laughs> at any rate, um, and it's funny because it kind of ties into the story that I really wanted to tell you guys because it was Friday that this adventure happened that I wanted to share. And it's interesting as I see myself really struggle to even commit to doing this. Um, I, I, I'm a person that has a tendency, if I don't feel like I'm good at something, I just won't do it. Typically, um, I just run from it and 
It's so unhealthy, and I know that it's unhealthy, but I've been wanting to do Chai Chi for so long, and a large part of me every single time I try to do this is, like, a large part of me just keeps saying, like, you're no good at this. Like, you you don't know what you're doing. Your arms don't work that way. Your legs don't work that way. You can't do this. You can't figure this out on your own. But I also know that it's been something that I've wanted to do for years and I've wanted to do for such a long time. And I know that it's so important for me to get back in tune with my body. And so I'm choosing to do it anyway. And one thing that I've learned about myself is that I I can't do things from a place of willpower. That's not me. That's not a gift that I have. But I can be inspired to do something. And for me, this is kind of easy even when those really nagging you don't need to do this comments come into my head simply because like I've wanted it for so long like I want to be somebody who can say oh yeah one of my hobbies is tai chi um and I can't even explain like why I have that serious just desire for it um but I do and so I'm using that to kind of silence or not even silence I'm like you know I I can make all the excuses I want but I'm going to do this anyway um and I know I called it a hobby it's it's probably one of those things that's a lot more lifestyle as you get used to doing it but one of the things I do on my regular days is tai chi um <laughs> And I have several things like that that I've been kind of drawn toward lately that I'm giving myself permission to have. So on Friday, which is when I took, I did my first Tai Chi class and it's Tuesday now and I'm only just now doing my second one and I'm about to explain to you part of that reasoning. Um, so I'll actually start on Thursday. On Thursday, I just felt like I needed to go to the beach Um, if you are listening to this a few months from now, this is right in the middle of coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19. And in our area, they just recently opened up public access to the beaches again because South Carolina really hasn't had a whole lot of hotspots. So they're opening a lot of things back up. And I just, I felt like I needed to go to the beach. You know, I've been at home by myself way too long and I felt like I really needed to connect with the earth and with the water. Um, And it was the full moon and there were some things that I really wanted to let go as well. And the ocean is so good for that. Um, And for me, letting go of things and releasing things has always been associated with water. You know, I'll get a shower and just about every time I get a shower, I'm releasing things. And so I made the plan. I made the decision that I was going to go to the beach on Friday. And here's where the interesting part of the lesson comes in, right? For me, I've learned that I have to make goals a lot differently than other people. I can't know all the steps along the way. That doesn't work for me. Anytime I try to do that, I will fuck myself over. So I didn't think that that would apply to something as simple as going to the beach but (laughs) it did. So on Friday I got up and I just felt like it was time. I was going to do my first Tai Chi lesson. I did. um, I enjoyed it. At the end of it, like I did kind of a Tai Chi inspired dance because I don't know all the Tai Chi steps, but like I could feel the the energy and and the flow in my body. So Um, as the class was wrapping up and it's, you know, it's an online course. It's not, you know, there are no people watching me. I just did this 
dance and I felt really powerful and really more connected to my body than I had in a while. And, um, it was funny because the night before I had not slept and my sleep cycles, for those of you who are, who are living the self-isolation life right now, you know what I'm talking about. Sleep cycles are weird right now. So I had not gone to bed the night before. Um, I'd rested for a couple of hours, but I couldn't go to sleep. Um, so I had an errand to run first. Um, I had to take something to my, some things to my grandmother. So I got all the stuff together. I left the house. I went to her place. I dropped all the stuff off from her. I went and I waved to her at, um, her balcony because, uh, we're not allowed inside the property at the moment. And as I was walking back to the car, I saw a bird, a little teeny tiny baby bird just sitting there beside the sidewalk. And I was like, okay, what do I do? (laughs) Um, you know, I was, I had planned to go to the beach right then. Obviously I'm not going to let a little bit, a little bitty bird be there by itself. Um, so cause I'm not that person. So I went over to it. I could tell that it was, um, you know, a juvenile. It definitely shouldn't have been out of the nest yet. Um, and it looked like it had a broken leg because, it was like all curled and not, it was not right. So I grabbed my beautiful Cartier scarf that I had used to wrap around my face. Yeah, <laughs> the probably, probably the nicest piece of clothing that I own. And I, you know, it was something that I actually was given by an aunt who just didn't want it. Um, but you know, and some people will talk about not liking labels. I'm not one of those people. Um, I, I won't necessarily like something just because of the label, but if I like something and it also has a label, I'm going to like it more. Um, Tiffany's Cartier. Yeah, I was, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it feels right. So, um, but it wasn't even a second thought. I mean, you know, the bird needed help. I was going to help it. And, um, at first I was going to pick it up with my bare hands. Um, but it was, you know, trying to bite me. (laughs) Um, if birds do that, it was like opening its mouth, like, what are you doing? So I grabbed the scarf from around my neck and I wrapped it around the bird and I immediately start talking to it. You know, you're going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to get you some help. There's a local animal hospital here that takes birds in. Um, and it was 10 miles from where I was at the time. Um, so I, I, you know, I was kind of cuddling the little bird and then I put him in a cup holder. And one thing about birds is you have to be really careful because they can go into shock and then they can die from shock. Um, so I was trying to not, not to make any, any, any fast movements. I was trying to be really soothing with my voice and just, I was trying to send my energy to it, you know, let it know that it was safe, that it was okay, that I was there to help and I wasn't going to harm it. And so I put it in the cup holder and, you know, took off down the road trying to go as, as gently as I could. Every single time I hit a bump, this little bird looked at me like I was the most evil person in the world. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing, lady? <laughs> um, and it kept like going to sleep. The poor thing was so tired. Um, I have no long idea how long it was out on that sidewalk. 
Um, but it was exhausted. So it kept like falling asleep, which would freak me out. Cause I'd be like, it's dying. I don't, you know, um, but then as soon as I would hit a bump, it would like, look at me like you evil bitch. Um, <laughs> and I would be like, Oh, thank God it's alive. <laughs> Sassy little birds alive. So I was praying over this bird. I was asking God to protect it. I was trying to see it as whole and as well. Took it to the Ark Animal Hospital, um, great, great animal hospital in, uh, in Surfside in South Carolina. And I called ahead, you know, asked if they were still taking birds. They said, yes, they were. And these wonderful people, I mean, it, you would have thought that they're the only animal hospital that's open right now. I don't think they are. I think other animal hospitals are open too. Um, but what they're doing right now is they're not allowing anybody inside. So they're sending their staff out to each car to take care of, you know, each animal, take them inside if they need to take them inside, et cetera. And, um, like you, you would legitimately have thought that they were the only ones open because I mean, there were just a ton of cars in the parking lot and I'm sitting there worrying to death about this bird. And I get there, I pull in, uh, they come out, get me to sign a waiver saying, I'm not going to try to take the bird back. Which in South Carolina, you can't really take care of birds on your own anyway. Which, I mean, you know, kind of sucks. And I have some other thoughts on that that I won't really go into right now. Um, but so they took the bird and, you know, the lady was talking with me and she was telling me how thankful she was for me um, that, that I would stop and, and, and take care of this little animal and, and bring it to them, um, instead of just walking past it. And she said, you know, that she was a bird person and the one that I had seemed really spunky and that he should be fine. Um, I asked if I could get updates and she said, no, they really don't do that. And which I think is sad also, but I get it. Um, but so I was like, okay, you know, little adventure, and I don't know why I immediately kind of had a thought that that, that moment was going to repeat itself, but I did. Um, so, you know, I left, I was happy. I'd done my good deed. You know, I, I, you know, was happy that I got it there and that she thought that the bird was going to be fine. And so I went to the beach that was right in that area and, I started to, I started to just go ahead and pay for parking in Myrtle beach, Surfside, all of, all of our beaches, they used to be free and they're still free to park there during certain times of the year, but not during the tourist season. And it's always kind of pissed me off. It's always really pissed me off ever since they started doing that. Um, for this area, the taxes here are really high anyway, um, the taxes on like everything. So I think it's a little ridiculous that they feel the need to be that greedy. I mean, it's a tourism area. I get it. But I, I just really think it's 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 greedy and it's wrong to charge people to go on the beach, to charge people to connect with nature. I think it's yet another way. OK, that's a tangent that I probably don't need to get on. But it's yet another way that our government tries to keep us from connecting with our mother and with being at one with ourselves and with nature, which is necessary to our happiness. At any rate, I got out. I, I, I actually parked. I was going to go to the beach there. 
I parked in a parking lot. I went to pay the meter. I put 25 cents in and I realized that was only good for nine minutes. And I was like, oh, hell no. You know, I had enough to pay for an hour and I knew I probably wasn't going to stay an hour anyway because it was a lot cooler than I was expecting it to be. Um, but I was like, I, I just something filled me and I was indignant and I was like, this is not going to happen. And I didn't realize at the time that that was actually part of my intuition. You know, our intuition doesn't always show up like we expect it to. Uh, sometimes it's fear. Sometimes our intuition shows up as fear. I remember specifically when I was a child, uh, there was a day that my mom felt like she was lazy. Like she felt like she didn't want to get up. She felt like she was just being lazy. She knew she needed to go out and get the mail and and start the car, um, or start the car, not get the mail. Um, she needed to go out and start the car, but she just didn't feel like it. And so she laid in bed and that morning someone tried to break into the house and, you know, she thought she was just being lazy, but in reality, it was her intuition that was telling her, don't get up right now. This is, you know, you need to stay where you're safe. And in that moment for me, that that indignation, that absolute fury at how dare they think they can charge us to park, It uh, that was my intuition. And it's so funny because it drove home, again, the fact that I've gotten so disconnected with my body that I didn't recognize it as intuition when I was feeling it. Um, But it was like a theme for the day that my intuition was very much guiding me. So I drove further down. I I was going to drive to one of the parking lots that I know is usually empty, but it ended up being full. Uh, And I checked a couple of places, but all of my usual places were either full or they had turned into paid parking. And I was like, fuck that, not going to happen. So I drove all the way to Broadway at the beach, uh, which I did not realize was a mile from the beach, (laughs) but it is. And so I parked there. Um, You know, it's a, a big space. And so, you know, I was all good there. So I parked there and... I walked all the way down to the beach. And fun fact, I, I haven't walked a mile in probably a year, maybe two or three. It's been a long ass time since I just straight walked a mile. And and you already know from this story that if Broadway at the beach is a mile from the beach, then I walk two miles. So <laughs> I walked all the way to the beach and you know, there were a couple times where I was like, this is ridiculous. I, I don't need to do this. You know, maybe maybe I, I wasn't supposed to go to the beach at all today, but something kept calling me. So I walked all the way down to the beach and um, it was funny because I had chosen my bum shirt, which is a restaurant that I used to work at. And to wear that day, I had not even planned to go to the beach at that spot but I had chosen that shirt to wear and I without any real thought so when I went down to the beach that was actually the the access point that I went down was the one right beside that restaurant and it was funny because in some ways it was like I was revisiting parts of my past and letting them go um I I went down I really felt like I needed to get in the water it was really cold and usually 
uh, you know, the wind was blowing. It was even, even having walked a mile, I was barely sweating. It really wasn't, it, it was really cool. The wind was blowing. Um, so I, I took off my shoes. I put my stuff in my shoes, like where I could see it from the water. I walked down to the ocean. I got my, I got up to about my knees in the water. Um, and I just stood there and kind of let everything that I'd been hanging on to and, and specific things, there were specific things that I knew I needed to let go of that I won't really get into, but just let things go. And it's funny because I could tell being in the water that usually the, the temperature of the water mixed with the temperature of the air at that time would have had me, you know, just not going in the water at all. But I did, um, and I didn't have an issue with it and I was really enjoying it because that was just where my mind was, that it was so needed that the temperature didn't matter. And I felt like I was really connecting with the ocean and just letting things go that I'd been holding on to for so long that I knew that it was time to let go of. And I stood in the water for probably 10, 15 minutes and that was it. That was enough. Uh, you know, usually if I go to the beach, I'm in the water all day, but I just, I felt like that was, you know, that was plenty that I wasn't meant to be there for forever. I was just meant to be there for this, just this brief period of time, just long enough to let things go that, that needed to be let go of. And again, it's funny when I first decided to go to the beach, you know, I thought it would be this A to B scenario. Okay. I'm going to the beach. So, you know, I'm going to the beach. And as I turned around, I was going to leave the water. I just got in this, this image of that, that I need to go and look for a shell. And so I was directed to this point and it actually ended up being a misdirect. Like I was led to this one spot to see nothing and then from that spot led somewhere else where I found this perfect, like, whole, not broken shell. And it drove home the point for me of what that entire day had been about. That for me, and maybe for many of you, a lot of times we get in our head this one goal. And as soon as we get that in our head... You know, we feel like intuition has led us to the goal. Intuition has led us to the idea. We stop listening to our intuition because it, it we don't think it's as important because we, we already know what we're supposed to be doing, right? But the problem with that idea and that mentality is that if I had that entire day just done what I knew I was supposed to be doing by going to the beach... I would have missed all these little moments and all these little lessons that the universe was teaching me the entire day. I would have missed the trek to the ocean where I, it, it became like a, like a, like a trek, like a journey instead of just a, another day going to the beach. I would have missed the little, the little nuggets of, of truth and understanding that I gained as I walked, which included, and I'm not going into all of them, but which included that moment of 
this is ridiculous. I should have just paid $2 for parking. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not even going to be there for an hour. Um, and which included the, I'm just going to go back because clearly I wasn't meant to do this. And then choosing to continue on anyway, because I knew I was supposed to go where I was going. And I did, I muscle tested a few times just to double check because I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And by the way, I highly recommend that if you're not sure about something, muscle test. If you don't know what I'm talking about, message me. I'll shoot you a video from YouTube. It's really easy. Um, but it's easy to get like all these different thoughts in our head from all these different places. And it can be hard to hear our intuition sometimes when we have all these really good arguments from other parts of us. So muscle testing can be really powerful to give us true answers. But I would have missed that. I would have missed that moment of choosing to go forward, even though it made no sense, if I had just been focused on the goal and not on what my intuition was telling me. So, um, I walked, I walked back, um, you know, got all my stuff, went back, um, kind of left behind a lot of the stuff that I needed to leave behind. And of course, you know, my feet were wet going back in shoes. So I had blisters on the backs of my heels. I had shorts that were too short. So I had my legs were getting chapped, rubbing against each other. No thigh gap here. Um, <laughs> um, never have had one of those actually, even when I was in peak shape. So that's just not my lot. But uh, <laughs> walked back. I was really kind of hoping. I was kind of like, wouldn't it be nice if I saw somebody I knew and got a ride back? But no, that didn't happen. So I walked a second mile. But, and, and the theme of the day for some reason, and I haven't really, really figured this out completely, but the theme of the day was seeing what was in my path and making sure I helped being a helper. Um, this is coming to my mind and it, it came to my mind a little late, but one of the things on the walk to the beach that stuck out for me and is still sticking with me is that I saw a twig with a cocoon that was laying on, on the road side of the sidewalk. So, and I noticed it. So I picked it up and I, I put it in the bush, um, on the, on the non road side of the sidewalk. Um, you know, it was a little moment, a little teeny tiny thing that maybe really doesn't make a difference. And yet we know that all things are a ripple effect and that, Every creature on the planet is important and even something that's in a cocoon, if we see it and it's in the road and you have an opportunity to rescue it, deserves rescuing. Um, so that, that moment is coming to mind, but I, I had left my phone in the car. So getting back to on the way back, I'm walking back to the car. I'm almost at the car and probably 10 feet away from the car, I was stepping in some grass, some like lawn clippings, and I almost stepped on a second bird. And who finds two injured birds in one day? Apparently me. <laughs> um, and one of my friends said, you know, the universe is trying to tell you something and I'm still working out exactly what that lesson is. Although 
you know, I know that for me, one of the big things that I really need to be focusing on is connecting more with nature. And so I saw that bird and at first I wasn't sure if it was hurt or if it was a mother bird that was sitting on a nest because it was sitting in these little clippings, you know, and I couldn't see its feet or anything. And it wasn't moving like it, it it was blinking its eyes, but it wasn't moving. I grabbed a stick and I, you know, like I, I put it near it and it didn't, it didn't do anything until I got it near its face and then it kind of opened its beak. So I went back to the car and unlocked the doors and grabbed the scarf again and went and picked it up to look at it, check it out. And it didn't even put up a fight when I picked it up, um, which concerned me, of course. And it looked like it was missing its tail feathers. So I was like, okay, well, here we go again. So I don't know, you know, what happened. It definitely looked like something had gotten a hold of it and, and ripped like the, it wasn't bleeding or anything, but it should have had based on its other feathering, you know, uh, some more tail feathers. It was clearly a good bit older than the other bird, although still a juvenile. So I grabbed it and it, you know, it started putting up a little bit more of a, of a fuss, which made me happy because I was, if, if they don't put up any fuss, you know, you're going to be worried about them. And, uh, I did the same thing. I put it in the cup holder and I was uh, 10 miles away from the place again. And I was like, here we go again. And called ahead and, you know, said, hey, I've got another bird. Don't know how likely that is to happen. And, um, you know, was talking to it on the way there. And for whatever reason, like it kept coming in my mind, like how calm it was and that I was really concerned that it wasn't going to make it. And one of the thoughts that entered my mind was, well, you know, it probably would have just been better off. It's probably going to die anyway. You could have just left it. But I think one of the lessons there for me was when you see something that needs to be helped, you helped. And if all that I did, if all that I did for that bird was that it got to be a little bit more comfortable while it died, that's enough. Like that means something. And it may not mean something to the entire world and it may not change the entire world, but it means something to that bird. Um, and I'm actually getting a little teary eyed while I say that, um, you know, the first one I knew I like, I, I, I was worried about, but I just had a good feeling that it was going to be fine. But the second one, like, I don't know from the moment that I saw it, like I didn't, I really didn't think it was going to make it. And I don't know if it, if it was going to make it or not. The woman who came out the second time didn't know as much about birds. So, um, she wasn't able to tell me its condition, but you know, I took it back. I prayed over it. I talked to it and I try, I tried to connect with it. Um, and I knew that I'd done the right thing, no matter what the outcome of the situation was. And you know, I got home after all of that. I was exhausted. I slept for probably like a day, um, you know, because I haven't been exercising. And yet I did Tai Chi and I did two miles of walking. And then there was all the emotions. Um, and I had not slept the night before. So it took me a few days to kind of get my bearings back and really kind of process all the things that I was learning. And in some ways, I'm still processing them. But I guess the two lessons that I wanted to bring to you from that experience for me is one, when you see someone or something that needs help, even if you know that it might not mean much, understand that it does mean something. 
that whether anybody else ever sees you do it or not, whether, and, and one thing I, I didn't make too big of a deal about it on Facebook or Instagram. I think I may have posted something, but one thing that I, I really didn't want was a whole bunch of accolades. Cause for me, it wasn't about, I didn't do it for praise. I mean, I couldn't, me as a human, I could not leave a bird that is hurt there to just die. Like that's not something I can do. So it wasn't something I was seeking praise for. I got a little bit of it, um, but it wasn't something I was seeking. And the reality is, is that whether anybody else ever knew that I did that or not, it doesn't matter. What matters is the difference it made to the bird. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if the whole world doesn't stop turning. It doesn't matter if the whole world doesn't experience the help. It doesn't matter if, you know, every, all these lives are changed. All that matters is that those two birds, whether they lived or they died, they were a little bit more comfortable and they were taken care of. And maybe they felt a little bit of love that they knew that they were loved, that they knew that somebody, something was taking care of them. Um, that to me is the only thing that matters. And, and maybe that's something that you need to remember in your life that, you know, you may not be able to do much. Maybe you don't have a lot of money. Maybe you don't have a lot of strength. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you've been wondering even what your purpose is because you just feel like there's not much that you can do. But understand that all you have to give in this world, all you have to give, all that is asked for you, of you, is that you do what your heart leads you to do. That, that you just share a little love. That you just let somebody know or let something know that they're not alone. And maybe for you that's animals and maybe for you that's people and it doesn't really matter. Nobody has to see you do it and it doesn't have to be a big deal and it doesn't have to impact the entire fucking world. All that matters is that you act when you're led to act. Because even if it doesn't seem to matter to a lot of people or even if you don't think it matters much, it I promise it does. It always does. It must it must, it has to, because otherwise this life would be meaningless. And I promise you it's not. And second, kind of the second thing that I want you to take away from this is don't be so focused on your goals that you miss the journey that life is trying to take you through. Don't be so focused on realizing that you want to do this one thing, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, if it's lose weight, so many people, and here, here's a great message here. So many people get so focused on losing weight. So many people get so focused on going to the gym that they become unhealthy in their journey to health, to, to being fit. I've known so many people that hate their bodies and that got fit out of hating their bodies that still hate their bodies that are still insecure about their bodies, that still have body, that's way, like, if you don't realize that's where body dysmorphia comes from because they never learned how to love their body in the first place and the only reason they ever got fit, the only reason they ever got, quote, healthy is because they hate their body, like, that's where those insecurities come from is because they, they didn't do the journey right. They got so focused on the goal that they missed the lessons they were supposed to learn along the way. And they probably did it way harder. Like it was probably, the journey was probably harder than it, than it would have been otherwise. Um, and sometimes those things are reversed. But 
Um, like in my case, although really I enjoyed every aspect of, of Friday. Um, and if it's not health, sorry, I kind of got off on a tangent about that, but any, any goal, you know, if your goal is to be a singer or an actor or to run your own business or to be a stay-at-home mom or to be a teacher or whatever, if you get too focused on the goal and you stop listening to your intuition and you stop listening to what life is trying to teach you and you stop listening to those little nudges and those little pieces of guidance, then you've missed the whole point. Even if you get the goal, you've missed the whole point. Even if you get what you think you wanted, you've missed the journey. And in missing the journey, you can never be happy. You have to enjoy the journey in order to get the thing and enjoy the thing. That's the only way. And sometimes, sometimes if you get so focused on that goal, you'll miss it altogether. And I think that can most clearly be seen in dating. You know, so many people get so focused on the wedding and get so focused on finding their mate and get so focused on the end that they become people who are fairly undesirable in the dating world. Um, They become clingy or they become just creepy (laughs) Um, or they become, you know, so in love with the idea of love that they don't see flaws in the person that they're going to be with. And honestly, if you're going to be with someone, you need to see their flaws so that you can love their flaws too. So many people wind up with people they're not even happy with because they were looking for the fairy tale and they, they were so focused on the goal that they missed the journey. They were so focused on finally not being alone that they missed what they were supposed to learn when they were single. They were so focused on not being alone that they missed all the red flags that showed up when they were dating. And that leads to codependent relationships and unhappy relationships. And sometimes it leads to people who are just single for the rest of their lives because they make themselves so unpleasant in their need to be in love and loved. And I mean, it it applies to everything. It applies to every situation, no matter what it is for you, whether it's fitness or whether it's business or whether it's career or whether it's dreams or whether it's love, no matter what it is, if you get too focused on the end goal that you miss the little steps that the universe is trying trying to show you that you need to take, you will miss the goal completely, even if you reach it. So that's all I really have for you today. Um, I'm going to leave a little space here for a word from any sponsors. If I'm ever able to get one of those so far, I haven't been able to. That's okay. Um, I love you guys and I will talk with you soon. Stay healthy, stay safe, love one another well.
much for listening to this podcast. I hope that in some way it has enriched your life. If you have questions, comments, or you have a topic that you would like for me to cover or a guest that you would like for me to have on, please feel free to email me at annamarie.legacy at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, annamarieisms.com. There's so much information on there for you. I look forward to hearing from you. Please join us next week. And until then, know that you are loved. I love you. And there is nothing that you cannot do.